I'm Monica Schmelter, and I'm glad that you could join us today for Bridges. Today, we'll be looking in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to talk about love. And I know that there are so many thoughts today about love, about what love is, about what love isn't. Uh, there are even people who say, well, love is love. Here's what we really need to understand as followers of Christ. God is love, and love is what God says love is. We cannot redefine love. I mean, we can try to do that, but it doesn't mean that whatever we've come up with is biblical or that it's true. So when we talk about love here today on Bridges, we're talking about biblical truth and God's love. And I want to start off in Ephesians 5 in the first verse there. And this is the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of of Ephesians and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So this is a letter that went to the church uh, at Ephesus. And he starts out in Ephesians 5, 1. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So as we start out in Ephesians, and if you just look at Ephesians 5, and I, I went through as I was reading through this and preparing and studying and just underlined all the times that love is mentioned in this chapter. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and you may prefer another version, but you'll see that the word love is mentioned many, many, many times in Ephesians 5. And I don't think that that's any accident. There is a lot of practicality in Ephesians 5. But what I think is important to note here is that all of it is steeped in love. It's in the foundation of Christ's love. Even in this uh, first verse, uh, be imitators of God as his beloved children, or in other words, as children of God to understand that we are beloved, or in other words, loved by God. So we're not being imitators of God like robots. We're not being imitators of God out of uh, working up of our own enough strength or enough courage or anything like that. We love God out of the way that he loved us as his beloved children. And then it says walk in love, talking about our relationships with other people as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So the love that we show to other people is not just something that we manufacture or put a smile on our face or try to figure out how to do, you know, because I've said before and people say before, well, some people are just harder to love. And, you know, that's true. Some people are just hard to get along with. But the thing is, when we are really leaning into Christ and allowing him to renew our minds and to ask for his help when those challenging people are in our lives or in our workplace or whatever all of that is, when all of that is happening, he gives us supernatural strength to love others the way that he loved us. And so when we think about how Christ loved us, how did he love us? Well, you know, he loved us sacrificially. He loved us first. He loved us while we were his enemies, right? Steeped in our own sinfulness, living as an enemy of God, letting the appetites of our own flesh uh, lead us whichever direction that our appetites led us. So there's all of that. But he also loved us in truth. He gave us his word. So when 
people say, well, love is love and you can just do anything. That you, no, that's, that's not at all biblical love. Biblical love is steeped in, is steeped, excuse me, steeped in God's truth, biblical truth. So love is not just anything that we define it to be. Love is what God says it is. So along with love, there is truth. And so Paul goes on and he names some things and he starts out in verse three and he talks about, but you know, let sexual immorality and impurity, uh, don't even let that be named. Uh, it's not proper amongst the saints. It says, don't let foolishness or, or filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, uh, that's out of place. But he says, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. So we see that as he starts out, that we are God's beloved children, that Christ loved us and gave himself uh, sacrificially for us and that we're to love others. And then he talks about behaviors that are not okay for the children of God, for the saints of God, because we've been born again and we're to put our flesh uh, to death. We're to uh, not crucify our flesh, not give place to those things. And it goes on later in verse eight and it says, but now you are light, you are in, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So in other words, our lives are not steeped with darkness. So our first truth number one for today is to understand that God loved us first. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And when we live our lives understanding that God loved us first, our entire perspective on everything changes. We're no longer trying to earn his approval or other people's approval or whatever's going in our lives. A lot of us have grown up with or are right now growing up with a lot of dysfunction in our families, dysfunction, unhealthiness in the workplace, um, even sometimes the environments within our own churches are not healthy. They're toxic. It's like we know the right way, but we're not adhering to the right way. But if we understand that in our lives, first and foremost, we are loved by God and his love is an everlasting love. His love is merciful. His love uh, does not become angered easily. Is there a right and wrong with God? Absolutely. It also says we're to be holy as he is holy. But understand that everything with God is wrapped and surrounded in God. 
Genesis, the first three words, in the beginning, God. God initiated this life. He initiated having a relationship with us through his son, Jesus Christ. After the fall happened, it says Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So God was never caught off guard. Even when he placed Adam and Eve in the garden and the fall and all of that happened, God wasn't sitting there thinking, well, what do I do now? He knew that he already loved us. His son was already the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. So as we live our lives, we understand that we are not here by accident. We are not mistakes. We have not messed up so badly that there's no forgiveness for us or nothing that we can do to recover. You know, one thing that I can say as doing this Bridges show, the blessing that it's been for all of these years and all of the people that I've had the honor to talk to and to interview and and chat with, you know, there are many people that have been right here on this set who have done things and said things in their adult life in which without God's help, there could be no recovery. Uh, There would be no putting their life back together again. And really that's true for all of us on different levels. My own life, of course, too. Without God's help, I am hopelessly lost. But because of his goodness, because of his love, there is hope for all of us. Wherever you are right now, you may be considered an outcast in your family. You may be on the fringe, whatever that is, the fringe of the church, or you might be living a life in which you think, you know, it's been so many years that I've been involved in X, Y, Z, maybe, maybe that's adultery, you know, maybe that's drugs, maybe it's stealing, maybe it's just you just talk about everybody. You know, we come up with all these things, and it could be this, it could be that. Whatever it is, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, as long as you're still breathing, there's hope in Christ. He loved us first. So he knew what he was getting into when he chose us, He's not caught by surprise. I mean, we're caught by surprise, right? Haven't you ever made a friendship with someone? And as you got to know them a little bit, you kind of think, oh, I didn't really sign up for all that. I know I have. It's like, hmm, I don't know about this. But God doesn't do that with us. He loved us first. And because he loved us, he gives us a new nature when we accept Christ. and And he separates sin from what's good. And he talks to us about how to live our lives. And in Ephesians uh, 5 and verse 15, I'm going to read a couple of uh, scriptures here. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks and for everything, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, These particular passages of scriptures from 15 to 21 out of Ephesians 5 name a lot of behaviors 
and offer us a lot of wisdom. For example, live carefully then how you walk. It's saying understand that make the good use of time because the days are evil. And gosh, if that was true for the church of Ephesus, how much more true is it for us now? I mean, the days are absolutely evil. I cannot believe, I just honestly never thought in my lifetime that I would see the kind of things that are absolutely evil, prohibited by scripture, that I would think just even common sense would tell you are just not good ideas. Like, and those things are called right. And people are being applauded for giving themselves over to those behaviors and those sins. And so he says, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. So I say to you, and I say to me today, as humbly as I can, Let's make the best use of our time. The days are evil. We could get all caught up in the evil of today and what's wrong with the world today. And there's a lot wrong with the world today, uh, mainly that the world doesn't recognize Jesus as the son of God and the only way to the father. But we can't afford to get all caught up in that. He has separated us up out of that. And we're to make the best use of our time. And it goes on and it talks about understand the will of the Lord and to give thanks for everything and to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So it's a lot right there. But truth number two for today is know the will of God. And I've talked to so many people over the years who would say, well, Monica, I would do the will of God if I just knew it. Well, here's the thing. Knowing the will of God is not an exact science. It requires seeking God. It requires obeying scripture. It requires taking a step of faith and asking God to direct or redirect if that's what needs to happen. But there are some things we know for sure. We know never to pray about something that God prohibits. Well, what do you mean about that? Like, you don't pray if you should have an affair because God already prohibits adultery. You don't pray if you should go out and steal because it, the scripture says don't steal. So there are things we know automatically are not the will of God and we that we know automatically are the will of God, like loving our neighbor as ourself. But there are other issues like, should I move and take this job? Uh, what season am I? There, there are some things that God will reveal to us personally, but he will always confirm his word as we seek him. Are we ever maybe a little scared about, oh, I'm not quite sure if this is God? Yes. And you take a step and he'll confirm it and you take another step. And sometimes you're way out there and you realize, you know what? This is exactly what God has for me. So I want to encourage you. You can know the will of God. Scripture tells us to know the will of God. Scripture talks about be filled with the spirit. And the way that we're filled by the spirit is seeking God and asking him to fill us with the spirit and obeying his word and being with other Christians. And it talks about giving thanks always. A grateful heart is so important to the committed Christian. It's so important to our lives to give thanks. And I will have all of these scriptures and some of the corresponding scriptures up on the online extras for you today. Uh, just go to monicashmelter.com and you will find those. And so we're looking at love. And the Bible tells us that God loved us first and that we're to love one another with Christ's kind of love, to walk in the light, that 
the light of Christ lights our way. So we're to walk in the light, to know the will of God, to do the will of God, to be filled with the Spirit. And you all, the more that we're filled with the Spirit, the less that we will fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so that's the key right there. If we put ourselves in the path of fleshly desires and fleshly temptations, there's a chance we'll give in. But if we separate ourselves from that and instead we're filled with the Spirit and we're making melody in our hearts to God and we're giving thanks, those things will fill our lives and hearts in Christ. And so then we come to, as we talk about love, uh, in the last scriptures it said, submit to one another out of reference for Christ. And so we see that scripture talks to us about preferring others over ourselves not to do anything out of vain or conceit or selfish ambition, but to consider others better than ourselves. So we see submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ in line with those scriptures. And then in Ephesians, it also talks about marriage and um, marriage between a man and a woman and a husband and a wife. And so there are many people, and I'm sure you know some too, Uh, They don't know much about the Bible at all, but they know that the Bible says that a woman should submit to her husband. They know that verse. But I want you to understand as you look at Ephesians 5, as you read the whole Bible, the Bible is steeped in love and in goodness. There's nothing in the Bible that is about dominating another person or abusing another person and having that be okay. So Ephesians 5 and verse 31 says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, And let the wife see that she respects her husband. So truth number three, as we look at love today, and we're looking in Ephesians chapter five, is that marriage is designed by God and founded in love. And I say that we're talking specifically about marriage now that many times and many people walk away with the idea that marriage is about a man being the leader of the home, which clearly the Bible says that, but that a woman is just to be submissive to whatever and whenever and have no thoughts of her own, even to the point sometimes of being in a harmful situation, I'm talking physical safety here or something like that. And That is not at all. If you read this chapter, if you read Ephesians, if you read the Bible in context, asking God for revelation, what's clear is that marriage is founded by God, is designed by God, and it's founded in love. God does not want men or women to abuse each other or to be in unhealthy relationships or in sinful relationships. That's not at all. Remember just a little bit earlier in Ephesians 5, it said submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So submission is not an evil 
thing. Submission, <laughs> submission is what we do out of reverence to who God is and to make room for more of him and his love and his word in our lives. It's not, marriage is not meant to be a constant fight. Marriage is not meant for a man or a woman to dominate the wife or the husband in some sort of evil way. And so in a marriage, yes, God does say that the man is the leader of the home and that a woman should respect her husband. And hopefully we're all doing that. I, unfortunately, because of the day in which we live, we have to also say sometimes that, you know, if you're in a situation where you're physically, you're being beaten, um, that's never God's will. That is not what God means by these verses. I've heard them used in that way, that you just put up with it and you just pray about it. So let me say this. If you're in a marriage situation and God has told you to stay, by all means, you stay. If you are being physically assaulted or beaten, uh, if you're in a situation that is at harm to your physical health, if, if there's a, a lot of sexual immorality, if there, if there are these things, then please get yourself some safe help. Talk to a trusted Christian counselor or pastor. What's mo- All of us, in order to live in God's love, we have to be in a safe environment. And on this show, I've seen many people, husbands and wives, where husbands have been physically abusive and have found the Lord and repented and that marriage is restored. I've seen that happen where there's been adultery uh, or other sexual sins, you know, pornography, this, that, whatever. I've seen God put many, many things back together. There's nothing that's too hard for God and God is love. It's just that sometimes if you are in a completely unsafe situation, that you've got to get some help, some intervention to get you into a safe place. And I I say that with hesitation. I, I don't want to be in any way misunderstood, but I've seen over the years the Bible used um, to like really manipulate people into staying in situations that are physically unsafe. So of course, you let the Holy Spirit lead you in your life. But understand that marriage is designed by God and that it's founded in love. And love does not hurt anyone. Love does not beat someone. That is not God's love. And that is not what God is talking about when he says, husbands, love your wife and wife, respect your husband. The whole thing is that earlier in the chapter, There's talk about us all submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the idea here is that we are all steeped and saturated in the love of God. That the love of God, if we love him, that means that we obey. So God designed marriage to be a blessing and to be a strength to the family relationship, to the local church, to the church universal, to our community. It even talks about how marriage, there's a mystery that it represents Christ in the church. My goodness, how could there be more love and more sacrifice than that? We're talking patience and mercy and goodness and joy everywhere. That's what's intended for marriage. 
So as we look at love today, as Paul starts off this chapter, he starts with, as beloved children of God, we all do better. I mean, we are at our best when we understand that we are God's beloved children. And then that he says, out of the love that Christ has given you, the sacrifice that he's made with that same love, love one another. And remember that in that love, there is also truth. It is not that common saying, well, love is love. It's just love. It's whatever you want it to be. You all, nothing is whatever we want it to be. You can't get out in traffic and make traffic whatever you want it to be. I mean, just try running a red light and you may see, hear some sirens and the blue light. There are guidelines everywhere in the workplace and in school. And you'll see that as those things are more and more questioned, we see more and more chaos erupting in our communities, in the business world, and everywhere. So as we talk about love, and as we look at Ephesians 5, understand that everything starts with God's love. Then it talks about Jesus and how he loved us and how he gave himself for us. So wherever you are, if you feel like you've just gotten really far away from the Lord or, you know, like you never knew him or you think, ah, that religion, that's for like other people. You know, there was a long, you know, there were times in my life I thought that too. You know, that's for other people. Let people do that. I don't want to do that. But the more that I understood God's unfailing love for me and what Christ sacrificed to give for me, the more that I'm able to love him back and the more that I'm able to be a part of the community of faith where we are all submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then in our homes, that they are set up according to the way that God wants them structured, not what people of the day come up with, with whatever cultural standard that is. God's love is never ending. Love never fails. Love has the amazing power, God's love, to transform our lives like none other. When we live in the light of his love, we are aware of his will. Even when we mess up, the Holy Spirit, that conviction comes to us to show us where we've gone wrong, help us get back on track, and then we walk in that forgiveness and in that newness of life. So we need to understand that God loved us first. We are God's idea. And then we are to love one another as we've been loved by God. And that the marriage relationship is designed by God. It's founded in love. It's one man and one woman as long as they both shall live. That's marriage. That's how God has defined marital love. And today's truth that I want to leave you with is that the more that we love God, the easier it is to love others. The more forgiveness that we've received, the more mercy, the more that we learn about his word, the more that we steep ourselves in his presence and in his love, we are able then to receive that love from God and to let it flow from us to others. And that is how we are the light and the salt. This is how the world knows 
that we are his disciples by our love for one another. So I am so glad that you could join me today for Bridges. You can go to monicaschmelter.com for the scriptures, online extras. I'm out of time, but I say goodbye and God bless you. I found myself on a ledge, three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.